All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And uh, today is Friday, which means it is another installment of the Fandom Friday segment here on Locked On Avalanche. Uh, so if uh, you are unfamiliar, this is uh, the time where you get to come on the show and we get to talk abs. Whatever you want to talk about, uh, your history with the abs, favorite players, favorite moments, it's open to discussion. So uh, today we have on Sarah Spites, and uh, we will get to that in a moment. But uh, we are not going to cover the Avalanche game Last night against the Sharks, we will kind of wait um, for the weekend to come and go. The Avs have another game over the weekend, and we'll kind of talk about those games in total um, on Monday. Uh, but in short, very good game. When you're up 4 to nothing going into the third, you kind of feel like you're not going to at least blow that one. Um, and they didn't. So uh, we'll kind of dive into that on Monday. But for today, like I said, it's uh, all about the fans. And in particular, like I said, Sarah coming on. And uh, we had a, a really good chat. So we'll get to that in a second. But what I want to cover first, uh, after we get to the social media stuff, obviously. So follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Uh, follow it on Instagram. Just search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send emails into LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And <clears throat> if you want to take part in this, uh, you can get a hold of me by one of those methods. Uh, if you want to send in an email, which I've had people do that, saying they want to take part, part in it. Uh, people have sent me messages on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I have uh, the rest of January booked up and I have all of February booked up. So uh, I, I probably could have booked further, but I kind of had to slow down on it and just say, let me just get two months booked and we'll be happy with that. So maybe... Uh, if you want to email me, I'm not going to say, hold off, we'll book it. It just might be a little bit, you might have to wait uh, about a month or so, a little over a month before you come on. If you're fine with that, then shoot me a, shoot me a line and we'll, we'll book it. Um, so before we get to uh, bringing Sarah on the show, uh, the Avalanche re- finally released the image of the uh, stadium series uh, jersey. The leak proved to be true. If you had been following this well over a month ago, uh, there was a leaked image, and then there was another leaked image, and then I think there was even a third leaked image. Um, And it has been incredibly polarizing on if people like this or dislike it. Um, I I think it is a bold uh, design. I think that's obviously what they were going for. Um, In the end... I like it. I think it's, I I said on Twitter, it's like, it's something that you could wear to like an ugly sweater Christmas party. Like, I just feel like it just, it's such a different look for a hockey jersey. I like it so much. It's, it's so ugly. It's awesome. (laughs) If that makes any sense to people. So, um, I think it's cool. You know, it's, it's, it's bright. It's colorful. It's, it's predominant in the avalanche colors. It, got the Rocky Mountain outline. It's, I mean, has everything that 
uh, a fan could want. And the uh, um, the Athletic has a really good article if you want to go read that. I know it's a paid thing, but I think they give you a free a couple free uh, articles a month or a week, or I don't know how they do it. But um, if you can go there and read it. They kind of have a, a pretty good article, a pretty good write-up on how Colorado and Adidas came up with the jersey. And this is exactly what they were going for. They were going for to please as many people as they could. It's absolutely impossible to please everybody. And if you read uh, any social media, uh, you will see that, <laughs> that a lot of people are not pleased with this. And a lot of people were thinking because it was taking them so long and so close to the actual game that they were changing the design because they were well aware of the leak and maybe they're paying attention to social media. That does not seem to be the case, clearly, because the the, the leaked jersey is the jersey that we have. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a really quick read and it's a really good write-up on what they were going for. They were going for to uh, be true to the Colorado Avalanche in terms of, obviously, color scheme and the Rocky Mountains and even the Air Force because that's where the game is going to be played. So they kind of pay homage to a lot of those things and a really minimalist design. So it's kind of impressive that they hit all those bullet points um, and didn't have to come up with this crazy design, which some people could say, yeah, it is crazy. But I like it. I don't know. I, I think it's. I think when the team is out there and you don't just see one jersey, when you see five of them uh, skating around all at once, I think it's just going to look that much cooler. Now, I they didn't give us anything else other than the jersey, so I'm interested to see if the gloves are different, if the helmet is something like what do the socks look like. Um, I want to see all that stuff because I didn't like the the Dallas Stars jersey, but I loved their gloves in the Winter Classic um, on New Year's. If anybody saw it, those gloves were really, really almost like workman's gloves. They looked like really, really good with the, with the green jersey. Um, so they saved face by having really cool gloves with a terrible jersey. So, um, yeah, overall, I like it. I know it's probably not the popular opinion, but um, <clears throat> it's what we got, and it's only for a game, if you can survive it for a game. Now, the people that are like, I'm not going to watch the game because of those jerseys, get over yourself. You know you're going to watch the game. So, um, so I, I, I like it. I'll order one, maybe two, maybe three. Who knows? So, tell me what you think. If you like them, if you don't like them, if they're growing on you, I'm hearing a lot of that, that they're growing on me. Uh, whatever it is, just let me know your thoughts on on the uh, Stadium Series jersey. All right, so uh, we are going to get to the Fandom Friday segment. And like I said, we have uh, Sarah Spites on the show. And we cover a good amount of topics. Obviously, we talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, she is a season ticket holder, and we kind of talk about how she, how long she's had season tickets, where they are in the arena, her favorite player, and when uh, she, when I was in contact with her, but when she'd be on the show, she asked me, and we talk about it in the, the segment. Um, she wanted to talk about women's hockey. She's very big into women's hockey, as you will see, um, which I was all for. Absolutely, we can, and that's the beauty of this thing we can talk about anything that you want and when someone come, wants to come on and talk about women's hockey absolutely and uh, we kind of get into that too so uh so here it is and once again if you guys want to be a part of this um i just laid out all the ways you can get a hold of me so 
find me, message me, and we will set it up. But right now, let's get to the Fandom Friday segment with Avalanche fan, super fan, Sarah Spites. All right, and welcome back to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's Friday, which means we are diving into another Fandom Friday segment. And today we have Sarah Spites, correct? Correct. All well right. done. So thank you for coming on, Sarah. Of and um, I guess we can start just by introducing yourself and any information you want to let people know who you are and all that fun cool. stuff. Awesome. Well, uh, as you said, I am Sarah Spites. Uh, I am a Colorado native. I have been enjoying avalanche hockey since they came here. I was like six or seven uh, when right. they moved to Colorado. Um, I'm currently a season ticket holder and I am what one might call obsessed <laughs> with the avalanche. Okay. All right. Were you a fan of any team before they moved to Colorado? Not that I know of, really. Right. Um, I was pretty young when they moved here, but I remember my parents being really excited. Um, my mom right. grew up with hockey, and so when the Avs came to Colorado, she was just beside herself and super excited, and it yeah. rubbed off. It's always interesting to see if people had uh, fan, um, you know, just were locked on to another team. Wow, mm -hmm. I used locked on, and that's the name of the show. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> well done. Um, uh, of another team before Colorado showed up, and did they immediately go over to the Avalanche? Did it take time? I always think like it, it took time, but those early Stanley Cup victories helped kind of move people over in that direction. Definitely did. Um, I know my mom moved pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, she was a Canucks fan to start, but only because they lived in Vancouver for a while. Okay. And she and her brothers would go to the practice facility when her parents didn't really know what to do with them. Okay. <laughs> so All it right. was kind of convenience. All right. So tell me about your season tickets. How long have you had them? Uh, I don't want to give your location away in the arena, but... Are yeah. they good seats? Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's your history with those? Yeah, I've had season tickets for about five years now. Um, I started off pretty close um, on the attack side twice, but I've moved behind the bench now. Nice. So, yes, you could say that I have good seats. Okay. Um, <laughs> kind of can't talk about it without giving away the location, but <laughs> um, I love being behind the bench. It is the coolest experience and I'm high enough up that I can see around the coaches, which helps. Okay. Um, but I can still see all of the interactions between the coaches and the players on the bench and hear what's happening on the ice, which I absolutely love. Are you, would you say you're kind of above the glass or are you kind of looking through the glass? A little bit. I'm just above just the glass. Like right on that horizon line. Yep, exactly. Okay. Have you been the beneficiary of any, I guess, uh, pucks being thrown <laughs> over the glass to you or sticks being thrown over the glass to you or even just, you know, ones that are just come flying. Because it seems like you're in <laughs> the prime location of some errant passes that might come into the stands. Oh, yeah. At a recent game. Calls? Oh, yeah. At a recent game, the guy right behind me got decked in the thigh uh, by a puck. He was fine, fortunately. Okay. But okay. Um, came whizzing right by our heads and hit the guy behind us oh my god uh, have you, you haven't witnessed any like danger type of uh events have you 
We no, thank goodness. Fucking, I know that's the one thing. Like my my wife just we're we're talking about bringing our our daughter mm-hmm. who next season will be four to like her first game, and she wants to be somewhere either way up high or <laughs> like behind the netting. And mm-hmm. I don't I I can't say I disagree with her because it would just be my luck that I'd have to be diving in front of a <laughs> flying puck because. That's just how it would happen on my daughter's no, first game. And, and at four years old, you can't focus on it for yourself. So yeah, probably exactly. not a, a bad idea. Exactly. So you were there during the god-awful season of uh-huh. uh, a few years past. Yes. I guess for that season and um, even for, for now. I mean, do you, do you go every single game like clockwork or do you miss a few here and there because of life? I think the most games I've missed in a season is maybe four. Um, I, I'm not going to miss any this year. Thank goodness. Right. Um, I'm there as often as I can. Okay. And is it just your seat or do you you buy two? So it's just me right now. I started with two, but it was during, as you said, the God awful years. Mm -hmm. So uh, (laughs) it was very difficult to get people to go to the games with me jump on board right but fortunately um now my seat is only a couple of rows behind my best friend and her mom so we get to enjoy it together uh, even though our seats aren't together and then i'm assuming playoffs work the same way they're your Mm -hmm. seats if you want them yep exactly all right um so i guess it talk about you were talking about this season that you're going to be going every single game i don't blame you uh what's your take so far in this season it's kind of up and down. Um, I'm not overly worried about where we're at right now with the Mm -hmm. exception of some bad habits that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we have all of the makings of a phenomenal team and, you know, everybody always says it and it's very true. We have all the talent in the world. Uh, we just have to figure out how to put it together. Um, I'm concerned that we keep blowing third period leads. That is a ridiculous trend that I would really like to see die. Um, But I think once we do that and once everybody really, I guess, relearns how to play with one another, then we have all of the potential. I don't understand why, (coughs) excuse me, the, they were playing better when they had all the injuries in the world. (laughs) Right. I can't figure that out. And it's like, I was uh, reading, uh, somebody tweeting yesterday, they were like, let's just go back to the injury plagued team because that <laughs> seemed to be doing much better than that. I don't get it. We were all excited when mm-hmm. everybody came back and we're like, all right, you know, we, we stayed up more than stayed afloat mm-hmm. with those injuries and now watch out. And it's been the total opposite. And you're right. Like the third period has just been, I want to start a petition that we can just change <laughs> hockey games to 40 minutes because then we could be, <laughs> completely fine i don't know i feel like we would find a way to blow it anyway (laughs) yeah right (laughs) what's what's the feeling in the arena when the third period starts is everybody i mean everybody knows this is happening yeah is everybody on edge and like just waiting for the bomb to drop like what what's Mm -hmm. the what's the census like when you're there live oh yeah it's everybody knows that it's gonna happen um (sighs) it's (laughs) I don't want to say you're ne- we're necessarily on edge, but we're just waiting for it and you can feel it, um, yeah. which probably doesn't help, honestly. And that doesn't help the atmosphere for the players or the coaches or anybody who actually has to, you know, be in the game. Mm-hmm. But you do it enough times and everybody's going to expect it and you can't change the energy of 18,000 people. Overnight. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's 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 a rough. I mean, even we're recording this on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. the game that they played yesterday um, against Dallas, they played a fit, a really good game. And in that third period, I mean, it wasn't until five or six minutes left when they gave up that game tying goal. Mm-hmm. So even in that aspect, is it like? Okay, we only have five minutes left. You're still feeling like this now. Now is the worst time to give up a goal in the last five minutes, and you're still feeling that way. You're you're even like they've been they've been playing well. Um, things to be seen to be going their way for the most part, you know. And then again, five six minutes left, and it happens again. Well, I will say that with the Dallas game in particular. Um, yes, things were going well at first, but you could feel things deteriorating before that. And I would say probably maybe like halfway through the second period, you could start to feel it, you know, the little things like, you know, uh, I have to say this way too often lately, which is frustrating, but Gerard (laughs) missing, picking up his man or, you know, um, Kadri not getting a call on him on a very, very blatant high stick that made him bleed or a very blatant hooking that was directly leading to a scoring opportunity. Yeah. So you can feel the tides turning with the play and the luck. And you are, you know, when you hit that five, six minute mark, you're like, well, how are we going to mess this up now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going right. to happen. Right. I, I don't like, it's so easy to, to rip on the refs. So I don't like doing that because I just feel like that's the, the easy way out and the cop out. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a good game yesterday. No. They they missed a lot of high sticks. I don't know if their heads were down looking at the ice, but they were not looking at where sticks were going. And the well, Kadri one was... Oh, yeah, that was obvious. And oh, he oh bled. That yeah. should have been a four. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you. I don't, I don't like blaming the refs either, but I feel like... And I don't think this is just us. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm most attuned to the Avs, obviously, since I'm there, but... Mm-hmm there's been a string of real bad refing and really bad, very, very blatant things that are being missed. And, you know, this goes back to like, um, Oh shoot. I'm going to forget his name, but the, the hit on Donskoy. Oh, Lindgren when you hit him. Yes. Which one he got hit twice. Donskoy did in the Ranger game. The nasty one that took him out. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. I don't know. That was Lindgren. I think, um, he's, that should have been a penalty right there regardless. But that feels like it's the way that it's going. And again, I agree. I don't like blaming the rest, but there's something going on. There is something in the water. They are missing stuff (laughs) and we're just not putting player safety first. And that's what's more concerning. I don't know if you, you saw the, the whole uh, thing with Kachuk. uh, (laughs) Cassian. Oh my God. Like I he did it like three times. It's like, you're just letting this stuff happen. I know. I Although know. to be fair, if I got a chance to take a shot at Kachuk, I might do it. Oh my God. Any, any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess for, you know, anybody that's kind of stuck out to you, I mean, you're there live. This is great to get kind of firsthand experience and, and the difference between what we're seeing on TV and someone that's there live. Anybody that's really like sticking out to you, that's had a phenomenal season that, maybe you didn't think would be playing as well as they are? Ooh, that's a really good question. Mm. Well, I'm a little bit biased because um, my favorite player is Ryan Graves, and I think that he has had an incredible season so far. Yeah. Um, And even I did not expect him to be playing this well. Um, I love him with Makar. I think that that pairing is awesome. Mm. Um, As far as the forwards, 
uh, not as much lately, but especially at the beginning, I was really impressed with Berkey. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's kind of fallen off a little bit, but obviously a lot of people have. Um, on the other side, Kadri has stuck out to me, not necessarily in the best way recently. I feel like he's kind of lost his fire, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. You know, he's got this reputation for being the super fired up player and, I just feel like a lot of the urgency has been lacking. Yeah. Uh, and then Sam Gerard, he is frustrating me to absolutely no end this season. Despite his stretch <laughs> of really good assists in games, he's not the player right. that we saw in the playoffs and he is missing people left and right. And he just does not seem like the player that we signed. I mean, that's the 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 crazy thing about it is like, yeah, he got that contract, which hasn't even kicked in yet. Doesn't even kick in until mm -hmm. next year. And um, yeah, the, it, it's just I, he he's playing OK. And like you said, like he's he's been playing better as of late, mm -hmm. but he was non-existent uh, mm -hmm. towards the end of, of 2019. And right. I, oh, he was I flat really, out bad. He was not yeah. non-existent, especially in the arena. You know, you could see it all the time. He was missing people left and right. He didn't know yeah. where his man was. He wasn't taking shots. He was hesitating. I'm grateful that he's starting to pick it back up. But yeah, um, I've been very frustrated with him for a while now. Okay. And, and you know, my, my next question was going to be, and you answered it, that <laughs> who's your favorite player, uh -huh. which is Graves. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. I know that's not the answer for many people. That's the answer for nobody. I mean, I think you're the first <laughs> one to really. I, I mean, we have superstar players on our team. Yep. Uh, you know, he's one of the more obscure guys, mm -hmm. not to Avalanche fans, but he is maybe to mom and pop hockey fans. Yep. Why him? Why? Why is he your guy? Well, number one, it would just be way too predictable to choose like Nathan McKinnon. Um, <laughs> no, but really, um. I think that the game that he plays is really good as a whole, and it's really solid, and I can really appreciate a solid defenseman. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way that he tracks the play, and I like the way that he jumps into the play, but not at the expense of defense. And I think mm -hmm. that that's something that we see with a lot of um, – more offensive defenseman, which I don't think that he qualifies as, but right. a lot of those players will completely sacrifice defense to be in the play. And so I appreciate a player that doesn't do that, but is still able and willing to join in and be part of the production. Okay. Um, so I, I just think that he plays a really good game. He has a great presence out there. Obviously, he's a big body, which helps um, as far as defense. And, you know, I, I kind of like his story. I, I like rooting for, I don't want to say the underdog, but the guy that's that's on the bubble. Um, and I'm really right, proud right, right. Of, of what he's accomplished. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's almost like he, he just knows his role and he just does his job. <laughs> Exactly. Basically, yeah, which you have to appreciate guys like that. So, yep. All right. And, and you, I'm assuming you own a jersey, uh, Ryan, uh, <laughs> a great jersey. I sure do. Okay. Multiple colors. Uh, I have a home one and I actually just got the Eagles uh, military jersey. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So, when I got a hold of you, see if you wanted to be on the show, you jumped at the opportunity and asked if we could talk some women's hockey yeah which i said absolutely and um 
I guess I'll let you take it. And what, what's your affiliation with women's hockey? Um, and I got some follow-up questions, obviously, about where <laughs> women's hockey is right now. So yeah. Um, so the the high-level overview. So I am currently the president of the Denver Women's Hockey League, which is a Denver-based organization uh, that <clears throat> excuse me, provides opportunities to literally every woman over the age of 21 or excuse me, of 18 to play and learn hockey with, you know, no harassment, no um, fear. It's a really supportive league. And we see lots of women coming in who have never even considered playing who get on the ice and it's watching their faces is just the most amazing thing in the world. Right. So I play as well. Um, I mm -hmm. am currently on um, a team in the Women's Association of Colorado Hockey called the Spitfires. Uh, we're doing really well this season, which is awesome. Um, okay. But I also coach for the DWHL. Which is stands for? The Denver Women's Denver Hockey Women, League. That, that is the Denver. Okay. All right. Yes. DWHL.org for anybody who wants to check it out. And this, like you said, this is open to anybody that wants to join. Any woman that wants to join, anybody who identifies as female, we're here for you. We want to help you learn to play hockey mm -hmm. and uh, in a really great environment. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what do you think of the state of women's hockey as a whole? Like, I want, I want to say professionally, not that they, you know, there's no, to my knowledge, there's no like professional women's hockey, like, like WNHL, like there is the WNBA. There is. There's the NWHL. The, the N, I've heard of that. The NWHL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they don't have an affiliation through the NHL, correct? That is correct. Right. Do you feel like the NHL should kind of get behind one of these professional women's hockey leagues, put their name on it, and kind of help promote the way that NBA has with the WNBA? Um, that's also a tough question just because I think that that might be the only way that we can get it out there professionally. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see that. You know, the more awareness that we can have, the better. The more that people can realize that women's hockey is amazing the better yeah. um the canadian hockey league just folded recently which is horrible really um and so i think that having a big organization like the nhl behind it as much as i don't want women's hockey to have to be reliant on that i sure. think that that's going to be the first step and that's something that will help go a long way because i feel like every time uh the olympics come around there's always so much um there's there's so much like viewership behind the women's tournament and every time i see that i'm like man like i want like continue this you know what i mean and and they don't right. anyway anywhere around here where i live like it's not televised like you would like to see them get some more notoriety than just the olympics mm -hmm. uh because like you said i'm sure the league that you play in um is 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 something that's open to everybody like you like you've yeah. done yeah, I, I I would love to see it just open up more. And it seems like um, I had messaged you about the uh, thing that they're doing at the All Star Game this year, mm -hmm. which is uh, what a three on three. I believe that they're doing. Is it is this a full game, like full three period three on three that they're doing? I'm not sure. I haven't read enough about it yet to know. Um, I think they just okay. announced that today, actually. Um, but it's I mean it's it's a start. It's a three on three game. I don't think it's a full game. Right. Um, just because it's basically being counted as a quote unquote skills competition piece. Right. Okay. Um, but it's something. Which they did last year. They, they I don't remember the name of the girl who um did the speed mm -hmm. Kendall uh, Coin. There you go. And did 
phenomenal. Yeah, she, she crushed that. it. She yeah. crushed most, if not all. I, I don't remember if she actually got the winning time, but she she crushed most of the guys. Is she doing it again this year? Have you heard anything if she is or not? I think she's on the roster to do it. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. But yeah, I, I I mean, the the WNBA has, I mean, they've been around for, it's got to be at least 20 years, is it not? I don't follow basketball, so I don't no, know. I, I, but, <laughs> me neither. I don't. But, um, <laughs> a I while now, they, though. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been long enough to know that it's sustainable. And they just came out with something that the, everything is is bumping up. I think, um, let's see here. I thought I have it right in front of me. Legal, league-wide salaries are seeing significant bumps with top players set to earn 500000 more than triple the previous max. Mm-hmm. Um, every player gets her own hotel room, which I, I didn't even know that wasn't a thing. Wow. So they're like bunking like it's college on the road. <laughs> um, every player receives full salary and ma- ma- uh, maternity leave. And then they're getting a potential 50-50 on revenue split. So it's awesome. People were worried about where the M- WNBA is. They've just upped the game. So it's, right. it, it's a product that people want. And I think that's across the board. I think in a WNHL, uh, like you said, I know they're the, what is the NWHL? Yeah. Right. Um, would be successful. I think a women's softball league would be insanely successful if it was backed by like major league baseball, mm-hmm. just to get, just for the fact to get it out there, uh, more than what they can do on their own. Well, and even with absolutely no, okay, that might not be fair, but very little marketing and hype around it. Um, two of the NWHL teams played an outdoor game earlier mm-hmm. uh, at the end of last year and it was sold out. Oh, that's awesome. Which, you know, tells me that nobody cares about women's hockey. Uh, <laughs> um, right. But exactly. they're starting to to televise to an extent. So a lot of those games are available on twitch.com, okay. which I don't think a lot of people know. Because yeah. again, it's it's not widely publicized unless you follow these female players on Twitter and on social right. media and all of that. Which I do, yeah. so I know that it exists, but exactly. Exactly. most people don't. And most people are going to Twitch for video games and stuff like that exactly so they're not you're right so all right well i i'm all for it so i hope it kind of uh, just keeps growing and growing and growing same here yeah yeah so i guess to kind of finish it up we'll kind of bring it back to the abs quickly mm-hmm. what is uh your prediction for the rest of this season do they make the playoffs if they do how far do they go i think we will i think we're gonna turn around this slump um, I have the nasty feeling that we'll probably do a squeaker again, like we have the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want that to be the case, but that's the gut no. feeling. Right. <laughs> this is gonna go down um, to the wire, you think? Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. okay. So they are going to make it, and then how far do they go? I know that's tough to that is a really <laughs> tough one. No idea who they're playing. I know so. <laughs> that certainly makes a difference. Right. Um, I think we're capable of making it all the way. Yeah. Realistically, I think once we get in there, we do have an overall young team, but the people that we've added have enough experience um, that I really think that if we get in or when we get in to the playoffs, we're going to see something special happen. Uh, you took the words right out of my my mouth. They they are young, but they are experienced. They're, mm-hmm. they're that odd combination of youth 
and they've been through some stuff. They've been through the worst and you've mm-hmm. seen the worst firsthand. Yes. Um, and they're, they're, they're out of it. I mean, they're, they're a contender. They're just mm-hmm. going through some rough time right now. So. Right. Which I'd rather happen now than right. at the end of the season. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So we'll, we'll see so far, everybody, uh, you're the second person I've had on for this segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if anybody predicts that they don't make the playoffs. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. will because they're all avalanche fans coming on. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased at all. No, there's no bias <laughs> in this show whatsoever. So, But honestly, Sarah, thank you very much for uh, coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, and just yeah. a, a quick self-promotion again as Definitely. well. Anybody who wants to check out Denver Women's Hockey League, once again, the website is dwhl.org. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I post a lot about women's hockey and about the Avalanche. Uh, and I am at Avalanche Sarah, and that's Sarah with an H. Okay. All right. Maybe we will uh, have you on again down down the line towards the end of the season, maybe. Anytime you want me on, I am here for you. All right. Perfect. Thank you very much. And we will be back in one minute. All right. So welcome back. And once again, a very, very big thank you to Sarah for coming on and talking about her history with the Avs, season tickets, women's hockey. A lot of good information in there, and typically I'm supposed to keep these shows between 20 and 30 minutes. It's okay if we go over like we are right now, Uh, but when you get in the flow of talking about the abs, it's kind of tough to stop, so uh, it's a good thing. So yeah, if you guys want to do that, get a hold of me, like I said, through email, through uh, you know, instant message me on Twitter or uh, Facebook, if you find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, and we'll set it up. I got one already lined up, like I said, for next week and for uh, multiple weeks after that. But doesn't mean we can't uh, write you in the book. And like I said, you might have to wait a few weeks. But if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that because uh, people seem to be liking to do this. So uh, that's going to be it for today, guys. But uh, we will, like I said, address the the Avalanche, um, the game that was last night. If you're listening to this on Friday against San Jose. Shut him out four to nothing. Philip Grubauer with the shutout, which was much needed. We will definitely dive into that on Monday, and we'll see what the Abs can do against the St. Louis Blues over the weekend. Uh, very big game. Maybe you know they're behind them, so obviously gaining two points is, is big. But just playing against a team of that caliber to hopefully play the way they did last time against them. Um, if there's any news that comes out over the weekend, obviously we'll cover that on the Monday show. So until then. Good avalanche win last night. Let's hope they do the same over the weekend. And one more time, big thank you to Sarah for coming on. And we will see you guys on Monday. And here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!